NFL week four is here and we're back with the shark lab looking at secrets to help you win the Millie maker in NFL week four. What's going on Burns. Hey, it's going well. It's going to be a tough week. It, it is a tricky one. We were just talking off air about just how some of the value dried up a little bit, although there are some value spots still, but some of the values dried up a little bit uh, on DraftKings this week. Uh, certainly last week we had tank Dell and we had, uh, Adam Thielen, and we had Josh Downs, who's still there. And by the way, I'm pretty good spot. Um, some other cheapies uh, that were floating around that all smashed, and everybody everybody printed cash in NFL Week Four, uh, Week Three. How'd you do? How'd you do in the Millie? Uh did fairly well. Um, it just it wasn't on the right combination of running backs, which ultimately put me way behind. Yeah. So um, you you didn't actually need. Devon, A-Chain, and Mostert, but no Mostert, no money. Yeah, I just wasn't on uh, Walker as much as I should have been. That was that was the only thing. Otherwise, yeah. it was actually a pretty good slate, but um, highest scoring slate in a very long time, I think, maybe two years when we had that 300-plus slate or something. Uh, there was a point a few years back where every slate was was producing 300 plus on DraftKings, yeah. like it was seven or eight or nine, they've adjusted their scoring, uh, uh, the, the salary system. Part of the reason that doesn't continue to happen isn't necessarily because scoring is just down in the NFL, although it is, but yeah. um, it's it's much more to do with just them adjusting how they do the salary algorithms. Uh, you remember a couple of years ago, them getting rid of like 3K running backs, for example, that was a real slap in the face. A, a few other things that DraftKings has done. Um, this past week, the one I missed was Laporta. I, I just didn't have the right tight end. Uh, you know, we were all over the bills. Remember your sneaky play right here on the show? Almost didn't want to reveal it. Everybody yeah. who watched this show, every if you watched this last week, guys, and you stay till the end, which you always should, the, the, the talk up about Bill's defense was like, this is the cheat code. For winning this week right now it is hard to get a defense right burns it's hard as hell to get the defense right but i think it was the bills call that for me really allowed most of my lineups like all the lineups all which has never happened to me before all of the lineups we built on the players club the vip podcast we do for dfs army um uh subscribers every one of them wound up in the cash in in the in the money and I, I switched through the quarterback. Like I, I switched those up quite a bit. So it's it just never happened before that that, ha that happened. Like I was like, wow, every single one of these cash, that's crazy. Never had it before. So that was pretty nice. And um, let's move on to NFL week four here. So right off the bat, Burns, obviously there's one standout game on the slate. And that is, of course, the, um, the Bills at home against Miami, 54 and a half point total. Uh, Tua and the Miami offense has been in fuego to start yes. the season. Um, and by the way, this is not some new phenomenon, Burns. This goes back to last year when Tua was playing. If he wasn't hurt and there wasn't issues, they were smashing pretty much consistently. So yeah. the first thing I want to ask you is, in, in the context of that game, um, both QBs in play. Do you have a preferred way of attacking it? Oh, this one's going to be tough. Um, 
Allen is so expensive this week. He's 8,200. And pairing him with Diggs is going to put you around the 16.3K 16. on DraftKings as a combination stack. Man, that's tough. That's a tough stack to have in your lineups, but it's probably going to be one that is necessary. Uh, Tua this week, you know, the Bills are pretty good passing defense. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough uh, defense for Tua and company to, you know, do what they did last week in terms of um, seventy we, points. That's we don't need the, We don't need the seventy burger burns. No, we're, we're good with like a a thirty fiver. Yeah, it. I I I'm I'm a little I'm going to be down on Tua this week. I just think Buffalo is um they're very good against the pass. Where you can get Buffalo is against the run. Um, they're not as good against the run. Does that bring Raheem Moster back into play? Sure. Is his probably his salary or like his ownership is going to be elevated because of last week and eight chain. His his ownership is going to be elevated because of last week. Um, but that's the way that you're going to be that that's the way you're going to be able to move the ball against um, Buffalo. They're very good against the pass, second against quarterbacks. And they're fourth against wide receivers and seventh against tight ends and fantasy points against the position. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give an even better measure here. I'm going to pull this up on screen here if I can. The old statsational power ranking sheet from uh, from I love this one, too. This this is something I use a lot. I, I, I have this sheet open when I'm doing my my cheat sheets. Pretty much at 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 all times. This is one of the most useful resources I've found because it's so clear. It's so clear when you look at the sheet here to understand like what's going on. And of course, this is available uh, on the Sharp app. All DFS Army YouTube watchers, subscribers can get the Sharp app uh, at $20. Uh, what is it? 20% off. So um, I think this is normally $49.99, $39.99 a month. And you get all the betting tools and all the great stuff. But this is one of the sheets that I love and code DFSA 20 um, gets that discount. But you take a look here. So you talk about Buffalo, right? And this will show in, in metrics, what you were just saying. So defensively, they're allowing 40, 40 fewer yards per game to opposing uh, wide receivers compared to what those receivers get on average. Right. They are on the flip side. They're allowing 20, 4.2 4.2 more yards per game than those running backs get on average. So they're clearly when teams are attacking the bills right now for whatever the reasoning being. And some of this is, listen, we're only three weeks into a season. This is noise, but um, they certainly have been more vulnerable, a little bit more vulnerable to the run here than the past. And interestingly, Miami has almost the exact same metrics. So Miami's a little bit more attackable this season via the, uh, via the, run than the past i will say though i don't think it matters in a game like this you could just see an explosion on both ends of of scoring and then throw all this crap out the window yeah for sure um waddle comes back off of being out last week um you know that's gonna that's gonna put a damper on mostert this week reason why I love Waddle here. He's one of my favorite yeah. players. Yeah. The reason why uh, Moster was such a great play last week and the running backs were such great plays was because Waddle was out. And it just, you know, Sertain was on Tyreek Hill. And it, yeah, Tyreek had a great game. 
he still produced well. Um, that going forward, keep that in the back of our minds going forward. He's, but you know that was a running game for sure, and they did. I mean they they produced almost a hundred points between two running backs, which is unheard of. No, they, they broke records last week. You got to throw it out, throw it yep. out. The, the records were broken last week. Um, it was crazy. You'll never he, this that what we saw last week in Miami. You just be happy if you had a piece of it in DFS. We're, we're probably n- never going to see anything like that again. I've never seen multiple running backs get. I mean, if you had to bet on two running backs getting four touchdowns each, that 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 is so astronomical. You could have turned two dollars into like a million dollars. But that's yeah. how unlikely that was to happen. So we throw in that out here. Um, this game has a fifty-four and a half point total. But you're right. The the stacks are are expensive, and because they're expensive, they that opens the door a little bit for other non-associated with this game type stacks to find their way up into competing with what might even be really well scoring uh, stacks that come off of this one. But um, again, in keeping the focus on this particular game, what are some ways that you're looking to attack this one? Obviously, yes. Allen is priced up. We get it. Tua, in a more reasonable price point to my, you know, a thousand below Josh Allen, that's pretty much close to the other quarterbacks on the slate. But the Tua stack partners can be expensive, especially if you want to pay for Hill. And of course, everybody wants to play Mostert. I don't really think Mostert goes that well with the Tua. I think those two, even with the passes last week, that was an anomaly. So, how are you seeing it going down? And, and how. Does the Shark Lab numbers say to approach a game like this? Yeah, I mean, just looking at the numbers alone from that chart you pulled up, you know, this is going to be, this potentially could be another running back game. I like the Buffalo game, running game better. Uh, James Cook could actually have a pretty decent game here in this one. Um, I do, I do like him a lot this week. Um, he's a pass catching back out of the backfield. Um, you know, they use Damian Harris, it's Damian Harris there. It's been so long since I've seen him not in a New England Patriots. Can't trust him. No. And, Lat- uh, Murray and, and Harris are going to, that's the, my concern with, with Cook is just, is this the game where they allow him to have a goal line carry? Because they haven't allowed it yet. Right. He's out of the game. Yeah. It's a divisional opponent, you know, model coming back. It's going to put some stressors on, uh, the amount of targets that, Tyreek's going to get he's going to get his 10 to 10 plus but after that and do we really want to spend 9.2k on Tyreek Hill this week in a in a position where he can fail I mean does does honestly I could see this I could see this game going to the under uh I could see I could see it going to the under and um you know but I can also see Allen doing very well in this game he's done very well against Miami in the past um, he's been in winning top 10 millimaker lineups for me against Miami in the past. Um, so I'm not, I'm not afraid to use them here. Um, but I don't know if we have to use them with digs. I think we could use them with a WR2, maybe a Gabe Davis. Um, you know, even the tight ends could see a lot of play in this one as well. Um, so there, there's ways to get around just having to utilize digs in this game. Um, do you think Xavier Howard will be shadowing digs for the entirety of the game? Mm, let me pull it up. 
he will shadow him. Whether or not he shadows him for the whole game it could be. Um, let's see what we got here. I don't know. I I'm not. I, I would say he's not going to shadow him. Like stick on him like glue. If if uh, Stefan Diggs is moving across the formation, I could see um, Xavier Howard staying to one side. He he generally does tend to stay to one side. Um, let's see where he's at. He's more. He's more on the on the the right side of the field, eighty four percent of the time. That, Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, well, if, if you're the Bills, you move Diggs to the other side, so you'll be able to if you can get away from Xavier um, Howard with Stefan Diggs. I, I think um, you have to treat Diggs as what he's been, which is a fucking uh, volume machine. You know, Diggs got thirty nine percent of the targets last week. Like they are just throwing it to Diggs. It doesn't mean they're going to continue to do that. But um, that's been what it is so far. And, you know, you continue to feed Stefan Diggs, you know, 10 plus uh, target, you know, double digit targets every week. He's just going to keep producing. And he is significantly less expensive than, um, you know, Tyreek Hill, for example. So, yeah, and I I like that. I like that approach. Could see um, as the game goes on, Xavier Howard being pushed to um, Gabriel Davis so that. Yeah, they're going to take Gabriel Davis out of the out of the game pretty much completely because I don't think Gabriel Davis is a good enough wide receiver for him to benefit. He's not. Um, he's not an elite uh, no. route runner. He. He. Yeah. Like you could. Tyreek Hill beats Xavier Howard when he's being shadowed by him. You almost want a player like Tyreek when when the team thinks that they could cover him with one with one right. cornerback. Gabriel Davis is not that guy. I mean, Gabriel Davis was like a fifth round draft pick coming out. You know, he's not that guy. You know, he's right. great when he's just running fly patterns and, you know, but he's not a separation guy by any stretch. No, so, but, but Diggs is, he floats around the formation. Like he's 30% on the left side. It's like 38% in the middle and then 32% on the, on the right side. So he's going to float across the formation and to get open. And I don't, I don't see the other um, Miami wide receivers being able to keep up with him. I like it. Um, Miami side. So I already talked about to, uh, so for me, I mean, just the basics and I would imagine the shark lab numbers agree. You know, we talked about in the preseason, some occasions when one might want to avoid the underdog quarterback on the, uh, in, in a high scoring high total game and just stick with the favorite. Um, this feels like an exception as the underdog is on the road. And and when you look at the, the actual spread in this game, it's not like super clear that the dolphins should be, or are the true underdogs here. Um, it's a really close, it's a really close spread and, and you, you know, take away the home field advantage stuff. And it's pretty much, it's pretty much like a pick them. So does your, don't play the underdog QB, sort of uh rule of thumb apply in this situation especially these high scoring games yeah i mean this this uh this season's been weird uh we've been seeing some more uh underdogs winning in these um in the millie maker uh so it's been an odd start for the first three weeks of the season more likely than not probably by the end of the season as we get towards the end of the season you know the favorites are going to weigh out um it's always regressed in the mean um as we've always known in math and statistics, you know, everything regresses to the mean, whether that be. And so we'll probably see more of a favored 
quarterbacks towards the end of the season, you know, starting probably, you know, now into the end of the season where they're going to start moving up into these winning Millie Maker lineups. And we saw it in week. We actually did see it in week three. You know, um, Jared Goff was in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Um, he wasn't the highest scoring quarterback on the slate, but he was in the winning Millie Maker lineup. And uh, the prior week we saw um, it was uh, Daniel Jones, who was in the winning Millie Maker lineup as well. And he was on the road as a favorite. But, you know, favorites are in two out of the three, uh, two out of the three weeks. And who was, you know, this is his, this is his second week of, this season where he's in a game that is 50 plus total points. He was in it with uh, the chargers and now with the bills. Yeah. And I was saying, uh, I think what we talk about for week one, when this situation occurred as well, and they were slight underdogs, it's like, you know, I'm betting Miami. I, I don't really think Miami, you know, it's week one and it's hard to figure out who's what team is what the, the odds are, are not as, as sharpened in the first few weeks as they get in week six, seven, eight, it gets much, much more difficult to sort of differ from the, the, the Vegas opinion as the season goes on. So those early weeks, you almost have to say, well, you know, some of these philosophies aren't going to hold up as true because we're not really truly sure who the actual correct underdog is in a particular game. And when the team wins, like, right. oh, maybe they shouldn't have been the underdog, right? Like I would say everybody would clearly agree right now that Miami is a much better team than the Chargers. Like I, I don't, I right now Miami looks like the best or, or looks like a contender for the Super Bowl in the AFC and the Chargers look like they might make the playoffs this year. Oh, no doubt. I, Miami's offense is they're firing on all cylinders right now. Um, and they're getting Waddle back in this game. I could see a lot of targets going towards Waddle in this game with uh, Tredavious White being, you know, on Tyreek Hill this this week. So, and he will be more, he'll stick to more Hill than anything else. But uh, to try to, you know, eliminate Hill out of this game, being their best corner um, on paper, but that could actually benefit Waddle in this game. So I do like Waddle a bit this week. Let's talk about stacks from this game. And, um, you know, I coined the term Tua with Tua years ago. Last year. It wasn't that long ago. But, um, you know, when you try to put two with Tua, it's getting a little spendy out there. Like, it, it, it is almost not doable to stack him with two. Now, I will still do it uh, in a couple of lineups, but I, I, I don't know that I could make the rule anymore. Or I don't know that I could yeah. pull off the rule when if you're going to price up Tyreek Hill at you know over nine k, and and you have Waddle over seven k, now you're talking about seven, fourteen, twenty three, twenty four, twenty four k in salary for a two with two. Yeah, that, that's almost undoable. Seventy five, one hundred. You need the, the trio needs to produce around a hundred fantasy points. Yeah, and it leaves you forty three hundred per position there out. So that's that's not a lot of salary left. Yeah, it means you're so going to have to use a three k tight end, a two k defense, and potentially another three k wide receiver or two. So yeah, you're basically uh, rest of your lineup looks like shit, and, and you don't get a, uh, any pieces from. You, you might be able to squeeze in like a James Cook or a six k piece. From from the bills, but yeah, it's it just it's very restrictive, 
And so I, I don't think I want to make that rule because with what it's going to end up doing, if I'm mass multi-entering with a rule like that, and, and we're not talking about handcrafting, but mass multi, if I'm max, max entering with a rule like that, it's just going to give me Durham Smythe, like 90% of those lineups or, or Braxton Berrios mixed with one of the two or, or something like that. That's just less um, exciting than maybe other things. So I don't think I want to have a, a tool with two automated rule this week. And I kind of feel the same about Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's best game involves him running, running the football for 50 yards and a touchdown alongside producing a quality outcome from one of his pass catchers. So I think for me in this game, I'm stacking with one. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with the QB plus one across the board. Um, it's been working uh, in, in our back tests on the domination station that we have um dfs army's optimizer it's been working across the board i mean last back tested what was it tuesday or it was monday or tuesday i back tested last week and you didn't have to do much um you know you you only really had to add maybe an adore or a love to maybe three players in total to get you into in and around that 290 range so the optimizer was basically producing everything that you needed it to do on its own accord, which was, I mean, that's what you want. And that's fantastic. So I hope everybody who is subscribed to DFS army who watches this, and that's not everybody who watches this. We got a lot of people who are YouTube uh, watchers and, 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 you know, we appreciate the YouTube watching community as well. And of course, but when you have these tools, at your disposal, like the dominations. If you're not back testing, if you're max entering, you must be back testing that every single week after the slate ends. What did I do right? What did if you're not working on getting better at this, you will not win. Period. So I I, I don't know how to stress it more. Back at, at the end of a slate, you must back test and see what did I do right? What did I I did pretty good on the slate, but um I you know I back tested it right away afterwards, and of course. Yeah, a like on Mostert was pretty much the difference between, you know, well, I didn't have Devon. Like, you could, if you cheat code your way into Devon uh, A-Chain, fine. But I didn't need to do that. But just a like on Mostert was pretty much yep. the cheat code for, you know, a, a high 280s lineup. Because right. we were spitting Tank Dell and Bill's defense and 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 Mike Williams and Keenan out. Th- those were just showing up in your lineups automatically. They were so they were so chalk. Um on and there note, were a lot of, I remember a lot of members were like, oh my gosh, the domination station is just producing every lineup with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen together. And I'm like, and I'm like yeah. well, if you don't like that, then just lower the projection on one of the guys, but let it roll. Just let it flow. Everybody who tinkered feels bad. But let me ask you this. So let's bring it back again to last week and the psychology of this week, right? Yep. So last week, the chalk hit. Sure did. The big game hit just like we were hoping it would right the one the 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 one game that stood up above all the others produced a massive score of course Miami produced an even better score but that that was besides the point the chalk game absolutely smashed so to that backdrop now we have another super chalk game is do we think ownership is just going to explode I don't I, I'm looking at the ownership projections we have out now it's Thursday as we're recording this and I do not buy these numbers to the point where I, I almost think it's ridiculous what I'm seeing at the moment. I, I don't even want to show them on screen because it, you know, at the QB position, there's just 
no no rhyme or reason to what I'm seeing here. So I'm, I'm not even going to show that. Um, at the, but I, I believe that Tua and Josh Allen will be massively owned. Yeah, they will. So <clears throat> um, people are going to go to the chalk. The chalk worked last week. And, and how do we deal with that situation? Should we be looking at leveraging away from it now that all the people were like, last week I faded the chalk and it burned me. Now I'm right. going to play the chalk. And you know how when you chase in DFS, you always get burned. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> the motto is scared money, get greedy. Um, greedy money, get scared. So <clears throat> people are going to be greedy on, you know, just jumping back on board on the chalk because it did very well last week. And it's now time where you need to make the change. DFS is a, what it is, is it's a puzzle every week. It's a different puzzle with different pieces that have to fit together differently. And no one piece is the same as last week's piece or the prior week than that, or even week one. So you have to figure out the little jagged pieces in those puzzle pieces, fit them together the best way you possibly can. And this week, you may see scores that are, you know, middling, like 220s winning in the millimaker you might see something like 250 230 who knows what it's going to be but ultimately you can't just do what you did last week and call it a day it has to be different you have to be different and that's why there there are some pieces outside of this game that could end up being good pieces for winning you know big contests this week we are talking to Adam Burns, a.k.a. The Shark Lab, author of the book, Winning the Million Dollar Game, Secrets of the DraftKings Millie Maker. Um, if you want to check out that book, of course, it is in the link in the description below. And we're going through some of the principles that you've come up with from the book to go through the player pool for NFL Week 4 and come up with our uh, some of our top plays. So let's continue on talking about the quarterback position and just some game environments for NFL week four. And, um, you know, there's a couple other games that, that, that sort of stand out. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of run through a few of these that I found interesting. And then I kind of want to have you tell me what you, what you were looking at, especially if it's any different from some of the games I'm bringing up right now. But one of them that stands out a little bit here, you know, there's a Broncos meets the bears game going on in Chicago and it's an uggo fest, right? It's like, it's I, I I've described this as like going to a murder station with, uh you know, and something horrible is just happening constantly behind the scenes in these games. Like you watch Chicago play and you just it's just a horror show right now. And and the Broncos just got 70 put on them. How could points not be produced in a game like this? Right. Is this so I don't know what to do or how to attack this game, but I know that the Broncos just allowed eight touchdowns to running backs and you know, the bears have a de facto running back. That's the quarterback. Is there any interest at all in this game on either side? Of course, Russell Wilson, he's not very good this year. It hasn't been good for a while, but like, you know, Chicago defense is worse than Russell's badness. Russell's cooking, Russell's cooking, you know, Russell's over here cooking some, some, some well-done steaks. Well, well, Chicago's over here cooking like, you know, uh, jello and, and, uh, you ever have the hell's that horrible thing. Uh, I'm not even going to say it, but yeah. Chicago's cooking worse. Yeah. Um, 
I could see a lot of people and a lot of ownership being putting on uh, Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson in this game because people are going to think back to last week. Oh, well, Moster and, you know, company did well last week against the same defense. Well, the problem is, is that Fields runs a lot. And that's going to take these guys completely out of it. I thought at the beginning, like in on Sunday after this game had happened, I'm like, I was, immediately went to the betting lines and seen who uh, Denver plays the following week. And it was Chicago. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is Roshan Johnson week, right? You know, 4.8K on DraftKings, 4.9K, you know, load yeah. up, right? No, it's probably not going to be that way. What it's going to be is Fields is going to run a lot in this game. Are, is Denver going to be able to stop him? Probably not. Um, I could see Fields having a really good game in this one. Um, I could see him carrying Komet in this one. Denver's not very good against the tight ends. Um, but I, what I what I think is probably going to happen is, is that Javante Williams could, could have a good game here in this one as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are going to look at that um, – passing game for Chicago and they're going to be like, Oh yeah, you know, this could be a really good one for him. You know, it, it may be. Um, but actually I actually like Russell Wilson more in this game from a quarterback perspective with his passing, his passing game than I'd like fields with his passing game. Um, I do like fields with commit, but I, I might be off of uh, DJ more this week only because uh, yeah, you know, Pat Sertain. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yep. So, that's where I mean that's a fair that's a fair reason to get off of DJ Moore because Sertain is very, very good. And Moore is not Moore is not our elite level wide receiver, right? Like your JJs and stuff. Moore is that, but Russell uh Fields is not a quarterback that is going to be able to take advantage of it. So it's not more DJ Moore is an elite route runner, and I would say Probably, you know, somebody who could, if, if Mahomes was the quarterback, can beat Sertain and put up big numbers in a game. But but I think the problem is Fields is just not a good enough quarterback to recognize those little openings, even from a great route runner. So right. um, it doesn't really matter because Fields is not good um, enough anyway as a quarterback to to take advantage of it. So when Fields throws, it's going to be like at the moment when Sertain is in position. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's not, I, if, if. If Moore had an elite cornerback, I think he's just as good of a route runner. At not not Terry Kill, but at the upper echelon of uh, wide receivers who are usually slightly better than the upper echelon tier of cornerbacks. So yeah, I like I like that thought process. I like getting off of um, I like the Cole Komet play based on that because where where are you going to throw it? And you know what? It it is difficult to pick tight ends this season. So you know, anytime you give me an excuse, I wish Cole Komet was like priced commensurate to his um production he's still at 4k which is like a little bit too much for his level he's not any different from the other pile of thirty four hundred dollar tight ends that exist um the other thing on the wilson side for me my primary concern is just those the stacks aren't aren't very good with russell wilson right now they have jerry judy massively overpriced yeah um so yep. jerry judy is exclusively like a in stacks with russ fine but you would never really want to play that as a one-off right. he's getting seven targets a game He's at 6,600. That is, I can get, I can buy 13 targets at that price mm -hmm. from a Michael Pittman. You know, like Michael Pittman hasn't had a non double digit 
game and he's the same uh, target game and he's the same price as um, Jerry Judy, which just is in inappropriately priced. Uh, so I don't know. I, I looked at Russ and I'm having a hard time figuring out yeah. who to snag him with. <clears throat> like, he's just like, oh man, or, or Cortland Sutton. I don't, I'm not a chase last week's. I mean, Cortland Sutton's had one good game in like the last couple of years. I, I don't, I don't want to chase that. So even though Cortland Sutton is cheap, I, I'm just, I get it, but I, I don't, I don't know how to stack comfortably. I think I'll just throw Judy in there as a bad value exclusively right. for like a GPP stack. Like it's okay. By the way, let's mention that it's okay to play a poor value. If it's in the context of a QB stack, I'm just not going to play him straight up. Yeah. And he might get, you know, three and a half to four X in this one because Chicago is so bad yeah. um, defensively. So uh, that stack makes sense. Um, yeah. The Javante Williams, you know, play that makes sense because, you know, Chicago is really bad against the rush. Javante only works if they step up his volume. You don't know if they're going to do it. They would have That's to right. give him more volume than what he's been getting. Um, right. Could happen. Absolutely. Could this be the week? Maybe, you know, he came off the injury, but um, you kind of think these guys that come off an injury like that and they keep playing healthy games at some point, the team will be like, listen, this is our star. We like to use Samaje, but you're here to back this dude up. Yep. Let's give him his 70%. Um, Completely agree with you. What about some other games? The one that I'm targeting, like the one that popped off the most for me this week, the one that I'm most excited about is Colts Rams. And I want to get your feeling on this one. Colts are at home. This game is a pick them. Yep. Uh, there's a lot to like on both sides of the football here. Uh, when I look at the, I, I mean, a, I, I, Anthony Richardson's like a must play quarterback. He reminds me of, early days of RG three, not even her. Like it's more RG three where he's throwing. Well, he's throwing, he's running. It's just a, it's just a fantasy points bonanza in, in Indianapolis right now. Like the dude can throw, he can complete a pass. I didn't expect it based on what I saw in his college tape. Like I was like, this guy will not complete a pass. I thought he was going to be a 17 targets per game guy. And instead we're getting 35s and 40s from from anthony richardson which is crazy because he's rushing it 10 11 times per game it is really really good i think anthony richardson can outscore like that's the sneaky guy in my opinion this week that could potentially outscore both um of Allen and tua at a cheaper price what do you think oh absolutely this is the game where i'm on both quarterbacks in this game it's a middling over under the the spread is very close it's a one and a half point spread at the current moment in time We'll see where that goes as we get closer to lock. But Richardson is in play, as is Stafford. Stafford has some really good tools in this game. He's got uh, Pakua, and he's got um, Pua, Nakua, and uh, Tutu Atwell in this game. Van Jefferson's become an afterthought in this offense. And it's those two in this game that he's going to be targeting. Higby is an after afterthought in this offense. And I do like Kyron Williams as well in this game. I think he's going to have some good run. But, yeah, you're right. Um, I I could see Richardson doing very well with Josh Downs and or Michael Pittman. And Love it's a very, it's a very, um, a very affordable stack. I mean, Downs is like three, three and a half K. Pittman is 6.3 now, 6.4 now. Um, so... Yeah, this game, this game is 
explode. This could be an explosive you, game. My bonus piece from this game, Burns, is Kylan Granson, the the tight end for the Colts, who's getting uh you know four to seven targets. Uh, for some reason, Richardson was targeting him quite a bit. So um, yeah, give me some Kylan Granson as well because you need a tight end. Yep, just need one. So it's like anybody that works for three K and and it fits with my quarterback. I'm less excited about the other side of the game, Burns. I'll be honest with you. Matty Stafford is not a going to win you a GPP kind of guy. I do like, um, I do love Kyron Williams. Do you know Kyron Williams was on the field for 100% of the running back snaps last week? They are not bringing in a back. He was on there, or he got 100% of the running back opportunities and something like 90 plus percent of the snaps. Yeah, once they got rid of Cam Akers, this became the Kyron Williams show in De in Los Angeles, and they're going to ride him. He's young enough; they're just going to ride this guy. They're, he's a three-down back all all day long. And, and by the way, not to mention on the flip side of this game, uh, uh, Moss Zach Moss, who was a nondescript kind of player coming into the season, got a hundred percent of the snaps as well, and is eating volume. Like crazy. I, I don't think the Moss play is going to be as good with Richardson in the game. I didn't like Moss last week because Richardson was playing. And of course, Richardson gets hurt. And uh, or was that week week two? Week and, two. And yeah, that was week two, and he went crazy. And then and then last week, not the best matchup, but he but he went nuts again. So you really have to be impressed by um the usage on Moss on the Colts team. I think that's probably one of the areas that could mute the uh, production of those wide receivers and maybe even a little bit take away from Richardson. But that was the play. Like I, I I've spent a lot of time studying this slate burns yeah. and you know, you have the one game that, that shines above all others. And then this is the one where I said, you know, if there's a guy who's going to do it, that's not part of Tua or, or Josh Allen, it should be Richardson. Um, although, you know, you meant I'll give a nod to, I'll give a nod to fields just in case, like, the Broncos are as terrible defensively as, as they right. looked last week. That usually isn't the case. So I'll, I'll give that nod to Fields. Any other, uh, and, and I, I am going to not recommend Stafford, though. That dude is just not doing doing enough to produce a score. You know, I just don't see it, Burns. I, I don't see that one. Uh, those those wide receivers that he's got, as as much as I love them, they're not touchdown scorers. They're more, you know, targets and, and yardage guys. So they will score a touchdown eventually, but I need like Stafford needs to throw for four touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big ask. I agree. Um, but he's cheap enough though. He's 5.7 K. I mean, that's relatively yeah. cheap. The, the, the price is right. Yeah. So he's, a, I mean, he, he could be in play here. You know, he could be that underdog QB going on the road in indoors. Um, that could actually work this week. Um, other games that I like this week, you know, the Chargers going up against the Vegas. Vegas's defense isn't very good against the I, pass. I was, let me ask you about this one because mm -hmm. this game. Uh, so my initial thought, and so my initial thought was, yeah, oh, Chargers Raiders. That is a game. You know, when you look at the um, the stats, the statsational power rankings as well. Like, oh, this is going to produce a lot of scoring and and all of that. But here's the issue that I've got with this game. Do we know the Raiders are rolling out? some turd as quarterback, right? And I don't know which turd it's going to be, but whoever it is, it's a, it's a zero. Okay. Brian, yep. I'm your Hoyer. Uh, Hoyer is terrible and mm -hmm. he's had opportunities to start in the last few years and it has not gone well at all. 
So it's not like a Gardner Minshew where he got a chance to start and like, oh, yeah, he does pretty good. Or <laughs> or Dalton comes in and is like, oh, yeah, Dalton plays pretty well. Like, I'd kill for Dalton on the Jets. Like, right now, the Jets would be favored, you know, to make the playoffs if Dalton was on the team. But Brian Hoyer's terrible. And the other dude, Kevin O'Connell or, or whoever this rookie is, a fourth round, it is a disaster. So I don't think that this is – first of all, I've already bet the Chargers. I don't get the line. But they should be like 10 point favorites at this point because, uh, you know, they're going up against the dead team at home. But um, I don't know that we're going to see, you know, we might get Eckler back. I yeah, don't know that we're going to see the touchdown machine that, that we're hoping for here. I wish we had already gotten that news um, that Eckler was back because if he if he was back, I would be completely off of this game from a quarterback perspective. Um, yeah. Garoppolo. He's he's been ruled out. Has he been ruled out yet? Uh, you, they do not play quarterbacks on concussion the next okay. week. At this so point, we can start to accept that. So basically, he's out. He's um, not going to play. The Tua yeah. rule. Call this the Tua rule from now on. Yeah. So You're not going to play your quarterback after a concussion. Right. So, yeah, if, if Eckler's out, I could see Herbert, a Herbert stack with um, Keenan Allen again in this game simply because Las Vegas is not very good against the pass. Um, it's going to cost you considerable amount of money, almost as much as Diggs and uh, Allen. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you know, there's some ancillary pieces in this I, I one. Like, I, I like, like Devontae Palmer. and Palmer, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like Devontae. Hell no, not with this shitty quarterback. But um, Yeah, that's true now. No, no, no Devontae, but... I like Palmer here, 4K, fine, getting into the Mike Williams role and all of that, and I think it'll be fine. But I do think, you know, I, I, I've gone back and forth on this one quite a bit. I was hoping that we'd get one more week of, of Herbert glory before Eckler comes in and sucks up all the touchdowns. But I do think that this, this injured, hobbled version of what the Raiders team is is going to ruin it. Mm -hmm. And I think this might be the week where Keenan Allen chalk gets burned. I will tell you right now, the way that FanDuel priced Keenan Allen the same as as Tyreek Hill is is absurd. You had to be out your damn mind to play some <laughs> Keenan Allen on FanDuel over 9K. That is just ridiculous. On DraftKings, he's still in the zone of playability, but you are sacrificing Stefan Diggs or Jamar Chase to play Keenan Allen. So I, I'm I'm cautioning on yep. the core <clears throat> Keenan Allen stuff. If yeah. if Jimmy G was playing, though, I'd be all over it. Oh, yeah, because like, Jimmy G is a serviceable quarterback. He can get the ball down the field. Well, if Jimmy G was playing, the, the Raiders right. are scoring. Like in this right. version, they're not scoring. So I, I don't like it. And and I have a, I think my maybe my favorite bet of the year so far. To the under? No, just betting on on the Chargers to cover that spread. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't see the, the, the Raiders scoring much in this yeah. game. I, I, I mean, I guess if they do it, they'd have to do it via the run. And that's a Josh Jacobs game. But I, I don't I don't really see it. Um, so looking at the rest of the, the slate, there's one there's one team that I, I feel like you might be on because of the team total. And that's San Francisco. Uh, they got a 29 point team total in this game, uh, non-competitive, non-competitive going up against Arizona, going to destroy them. But, yeah. um, does that team total get you on like a, some Brock Purdy to George Kittle action? Is, is there any interest here? There might be. Um, Brock Purdy with a 14 spread is not very good. I don't I don't like the spread in this game. If it was if it was within five, I'd be all over this game. 
Like I probably load this up, but I don't I don't like the spread in this game. I think I think the spread is more gonna lean towards you know the defensive scores in this game. I could see San Francisco getting a pick six in this game. I could see uh, McCaffrey being utilized a bit in this game, so I don't I don't see this being a ceiling game for Brock Purdy because of the spread. Um, but you know, other there's other games that are better than this one. Like even though it is a very good implied team total, you know, they're slightly under. So there's a couple of games that are slightly under where we normally would like them to be. Um, but the passing games that that are going up against defensive um, two defensive teams in these last two games that I'm looking at, they're very they're not good. Um, Joe Burrow going up against Tennessee Titans. Uh, Burrow is in a fantastic spot. This could be one where everybody's going to be i seeing a lot of love on mixing this week and i think it's going to be his what? downfall what, i've what, seen what? i've seen some love um i'm not hold, hold on a it. second burns because all right I, I need to bring me around on this what are people stupid what is happening so th- one of the reasons i i didn't want to show the ownership projection on screen is because i'm like Joe Mixon, second second highest projected running back. Get the fuck out of here! I was like, this isn't real. Where where did this know? We got to update that. But Unless you want to tell me that that's real? That that I've like been hearing it. The crowd is on Mixon. Why? I, what possible? I've reason? heard chatter and I've seen it in articles, and I'm like, mm, I just don't. I can't get behind that. Um, I mean, Jerome Ford, right? People were on him last week, and he did fairly decent he had 19 a little over 19 DraftKings points he got a little and lucky. he was 4.8 k he did get lucky but de- tennessee defense on the pa- on the rush is not something that you want to go against I'm this is why you. i like i like burrow and i like chase this week as a qb plus one in this game I'm, i don't I'm need almost... any bring backs at all unless i bring it back with um uh derrick derrick henry or chiga conquo I'm almost scared to show this number on screen, uh, but oh, it's the, bad. The it's Titans a bad are, number. are allowing 52.7 yards below average expectation to opposing running backs. So second, they're second. They're the second highest against. Oh man, this is bad. Oh, technically, they're almost number one because New England's number is massively skewed by the fact that the average for the Miami running backs because of that Denver game went to like thousand yards per game. So, so this one, this one got skewed a little bit. They're technically number one yeah. uh, against the run in, in the league uh, better than even San Francisco to start the season. Why would people make, I don't want to talk about it. I almost think like no one watching this channel is going to chalk up. Like I think Joe Mixon is one of the worst plays that you could play this week. In terms of the matchup, um, unfortunately, uh, I have to play him in season long, but I'm out playing yeah. him in my season long too. But, but as far as a DFS matchup, and I'm not saying that means that Joe Burrow, uh, that Joe Mixon can't have a good game. We've seen every year Joe Mixon usually has that one blow up game and it could come at any time, but, but, um, he's not even on my radar. He didn't even make the geeks picks list this week. Like he's not one of the names. And when the chalkiest running back doesn't make the sheet, we're either going to make a lot of money yep. or lose a lot of money. 
and that's it's why one or the other <laughs> and that's i'm here yeah, for it and that's why I, I like we were saying before each week is a different puzzle that you have to put together piece by piece by piece um and this is one of those pieces that chalk could be explosion in the negative way where people are on this guy 20%, 25% in the millimaker potentially, and he just kills them. Um, take, take a look right here. The Titans on the flip side are allow very bad. 31 yards per game above average expectation to opposing wide receivers. So the, the, the Titans are 100% a team that you want to be attacking through the air. So Joe Burrow becomes interesting in that sense because this is a team that can go through the air against a team that you want to attack through the air. My concern, if it wasn't for the calf of Burrow, I think Burrow would be one of my favorite plays on this entire slate. But that injury and just his poor play that seems to be possibly resulting from the injury, but also maybe just they face some tough defenses. Like how much of the, the bad game last week do we want to chalk up to um, Burrow's calf versus like, oh, it was a pretty good defense they were facing? Probably both. Yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> to I would know. say both. Yeah. Um, you know, his his calf is yeah, it's bothering him. But yeah, no, we don't know. We don't know how bad it is. Like they, we're not just Tennessee is just so bad defensively against the pass. I could see Chase getting two touchdowns in this game. Um, you know, even if you just want Chase um, without Burrow, right? He's going to be, you know, he's definitely a good single entry wide receiver in this um, this week. Um, but if you, like you want to, you want to fade, you want to fade um, Diggs and Keenan Allen. Yeah, just play I could Chase. see. There's a there's a piece in this one that I think is going to go that a lot of people will forget about but his salary is just so good at 4.1 K, but he could hurt you a lot is Boyd in this game. I mean, he's probably so far down in this game. This is probably the lowest I've seen him in a while. He's finally priced appropriately Burns. Mm -hmm. He was overpriced. So yep. let's, let's, let's just reel it in with, with Boyd in the sense that it's not like, Oh, he's now this incredible value. He should always be around 42 to 4,400. Just like he weirdly pops into the 5k zone makes him unplayable. Now he's playable at 4.1. Like that's the difference is absolutely 4.1. Okay. You could play him. Yeah. Um, I, I think burrow stacks. So I'm going to differ like I'm going to differ. It's hard to stack burrow with two because the first version of that stack might involve Jamar chase and T Higgins and T Higgins is like a, a perennial disappointment machine, right? So, and you pay a lot for that combination. Now, if Boyd is going off, it's really likely that Burrow is having a smash day. Yep. So I would say Burrow, Chase, Boyd, interesting triple stack. But again, I'm going back to what you said before, and this has been holding up for a while. And I have, I, there was some logic to it that I've actually heard from some other sources agreeing with it that like to try to actually win a millimaker, you need to be so perfect that like double stacks really. Yeah. They're tough. You know, it, it, it makes it more difficult, but if I'm handcrafting a lineup with burrow, yeah, I'll probably go burrow chase. And then when I'm, when I'm needing that third wide receiver or the cheap one, because every DraftKings lineup needs to have a cheap wide receiver. That's how DraftKings is constructed. Right. Yeah. Throw Boyd in it. 
Absolutely. They don't really have a tight end either. That's the nice part. They don't have a tight end. No, they don't. Irv Smith is he's hurt. So yeah, no, they don't have they don't have a tight end. So like Boyd is the de facto tight end. When the tight end is out, I think Boyd. I kind of like this. I think that's a great. That's a win the millimaker maker kind of play because I, I don't expect that Burrow will be heavily owned. The matchup is spectacular. Now you're giving me a bonus that somehow Joe Mixon became chalk, which is like really. I, I do not believe this is going to hold, but I've been wrong about this before where I'm like, by Sunday, people are going to figure out this is a bad play, right? But <laughs> maybe not, right? So yeah. if that happens, um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Richards. Well, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of players out there that have the tools that we have. I mean, we, we have tools that are built by one of the best DFS players in the world, well, one helps. of the best batting players in the world. So, yeah. That that helps but i think it's pretty not a lot of people have that. that i feel like it's common knowledge that the titans are good versus the run i just can't yeah. imagine people doing this but but hey you never know right so um let's continue on so i don't i don't have a big player pool for, at qb are you looking at anybody else jalen hurts always in play i would imagine uh, even though this matchup doesn't really scream i need to play hurts but whatevs yeah um, it, it, it's a tough matchup i mean they they held the allen down pretty well last week just don't need uh, to do much against because yeah. the defense scores. You know, the Washington, as it turns out, playing a fourth round quarterback on a team without much of a running, you know, a running game is not a good scene. Like as soon as you go down, like Howell's just out there throwing interceptions. So yeah, they'll they'll yeah. take the run right out of this one. Philly's really good against the run. Um, then it's going to be forcing Sam Howell to throw to Terry McLaurin and company, and you know what? That's when interceptions happen. So. Yeah, I could see that. I could see this being a just uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, maybe hurts, you know, gets it done with the legs, you know, a couple of touchdowns, maybe one to Devonta, maybe one to AJ potentially, or or maybe even he throws in the flat to DeAndre Swift and he scores a touchdown, and then there's defensive touchdowns. I don't know. This one, this one doesn't scream. I got to play hurts. No, I'm I'm off of uh, I'm off of that one outside of the obligatory some shares of Hertz every single week because he's Jalen Hurts and so you have to give him that respect. But beyond that, I'm, I'm kind of off that game. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna name one more quarterback to talk about because I I don't have any others that I would even be considering this week. But the other other name that's mildly interesting, you know, Kenny Pickett is popping as the top. QB value for us on the slate right now, just based on him being so cheap and going up against Houston. Not a great, you, you know, they're on the road. It's not a great Houston defense. Um, they've been pretty good defensively against quarterbacks and wide receivers, interestingly, but I think that's, I'm, I'm not sure why that's been happening, um, but it, it, it's been the case. Let me again, take a quick look here at our sheet just to see if uh, we can glean anything about Houston, but are you interested in Pickett 5100? Like they're favored on the road. Yeah, I mean it, it seems to be a good spot for him, right? Um Houston is regressing um as the season goes along this year in terms of uh actually against the pass. So they're starting to regress. Um I have a I, I'm not really on him until you said that he's starting to pop um from a fantasy points per dollar. Uh I wasn't on it either until I, I I just did a quick sort by uh by fantasy points per dollar and I see Kenny Pickett 
with but like, there is a guy that I am on just slightly below him, and if he uh, pops off, this could be the this could be the one where he pops off. Um, I actually have um, I have some intrigue with uh, the Tampa Bay New Orleans game with Jameis Winston at five point three k. He's got he's got very good weapons. Chris Olave over. He's going to be in the slot. Um, Tampa Bay is not very good at, against slot receivers. And then you got Michael Thomas on the opposite on the outside. Um, Rashid Shahid. Eh. Um, so I could see this one being a very good, um, very good game for Jameis Winston coming back. They tip, you know, a lot of people are going to be inquisitive on uh, Alvin Kamara with his first game back. But what we have seen in the past with Jameis Winston and Alvin Kamara on the same field, Kamara doesn't do very well. Um, uh, James Winston, Winston is not a check down no. to the to the right. He, he hasn't traditionally been a check down to the running back type of quarterback. And I like Alave a lot in this one. And then my my number two would be Michael Thomas. Um, I think they could get it done. So if if you wanted to, I think his I don't know what his ownership is right now, but it'll probably it'll probably gain a a point or two percentage point or two. But um. Yeah, this is only if Derek Carr's out. Um, would I go here? I would not. I'm not going here with Derek Carr at all. But. I don't. I don't love the Winston play, but you know what? It's a silly <clears throat> for the Millie play, and that's you know, what it is. Silly. You know, Winston has been a gunslinger at times in his career. Although his his um his tenure in in uh, New Orleans has not necessarily been that way, but um he does have great weapons and he is cheap. I think that game would need to be scoring on both sides. So if I was doing something like that, maybe uh, in the context of a game stack where I've got Evans in there also, or some other, uh, I don't know if Evans is good against New Orleans, but maybe Godwin, you know, Evans is usually not very good against New Orleans. So maybe like a Godwin in there or some piece from, from the, uh, the box that makes me feel like I'm just building like a crazy stack yeah. around a team that no one's going to play this week. Uh, I'm telling you these ownerships though, I want to move on to running back, but these QB ownership projections, if this goes down like like the correct ownership, Tua should be 15 to 17%. To me, mm -hmm. Josh Allen should be somewhere in the 20% owned range. So if we're going to get these guys at eight, seven, six percent, I'm 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 gonna choose uh, you know, I'm gonna choose to go over the field rather than under the field. Because I know that there are, there's a contingent that says you can't play these chalk quarterbacks in this kind of game. Everybody's playing it, but everybody's not playing them. So if right. that if, if that continues, even last week, like Herbert, who was great, he was like seven or eight percent out. Like, and everybody wasn't playing him. And yeah, Cousins, they were all playing Kirk. Yeah, everybody played Cousins, and and Cousins did fine, but but Herbert did great at at and at much much lower ownership. So like. He was part of that game and no one played him. Like it wasn't like he was higher owned than anybody else. He was the same seven or eight percent that every other QB on the slate was. So why not go over the field instead of under in those spots? Because listen, those guys are way more likely to put up a big score. And like I said, if you give me Anthony Richardson at anything under seven or eight percent, I am doubling or tripling it this week. I think I'm I'm just gonna plant my flag on that one and just like you know, go out with the bang if it doesn't work out. Yeah, that'll probably be a very good flag plant this week. Um, he could, he's definitely a quarterback that you can use on in all contest types. 
I believe. One that can be used in three max, single entry, and mass multi-entering. Um, cash, you could probably get away from him in cash, but I, I don't know. He's 6.7K. I think you'll play him in cash. I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with it. I'll probably yeah. play two in cash above that. Right. But, like, why? <laughs> He's just as good. He's just a good yeah. of a cash game play. Like, that's a running sure. quarterback with a high floor. I I, I like it in, in all fun. He's at home. Like, if he was on the road, I would be more concerned because you know how teams just all of a sudden play like shit on the road. Like uh, Dallas was a reminder for me last week that you just never really fully trust the team on the road. You know, Dallas doesn't lose to Arizona if they're at home, but no. somehow they figured out how to blow it on a road because teams will blow it on the road on occasion. So, you know, for my survivor people out there also like don't trust the a road favorite. sorry guys guys on that one if you took them (laughs) yeah don't try 40 percent of of like survivors is eliminated last week on that game it it wiped out like 40 percent of my bankroll at the sports book because i had that in my in my can't lose teaser and it shouldn't have lost it was it could not lose (laughs) and then they do right yeah i was like this can't lose (laughs) How, how am i losing this i i only needed them to win i didn't even need them to win by much so that was brutal but let, let's let's move on from the quarterback position because I think we've exhausted that. Let's talk running back here. And what I'm going to do is bring up the uh, the Dom station. I'm going to sort here by um, by fantasy points to just kind of go highest projected on our way down and just talk about some of these plays uh, top to bottom. So you know at the top of at the top of the list this week we have um, Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey being you know priced massively high again blowout potential game. I love CM Sizzles, but at 9,200. It's tough. It's tough to get a, him in your lineups. You need a 36 out of him. I could get it, but mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know. I like McCaffrey for cash games. I think he's pretty locked into a 20 here. I don't know if I'm getting 36 out of him. Yeah, cash, single entry with, with McCaffrey. I mean, don't go overboard with him, but yeah. Tony Pollard um, at home. Bounce back spot uh, against the Patriots. Patriots is fine, but uh, not not as good of a rush defense as as maybe they might be perceived to be. Uh, Patriots are, they are getting really good numbers because they controlled Miami, and now so I'm throwing that out. But but um, okay. they're getting like a really good number because Miami now averages like 500 rushing yards per game. So like everybody who's played them is going to look like they're producing better than average results, but it, that was an anomaly. So I'm not going to, I'm throw that out, but um, you know, nothing special. New England is a good defensive team, but Pollard is, is better than that. Yeah. So at, at 7,800. Interesting. Yep. Definitely. Look who's coming up third. And, and, and I, I get this one. So Kyron Williams really does pop for me on the slate. I love this game and I really want to have a lot of pieces of it. Kyron Williams for me is the first guy that I'm kind of, I, I kind of love. I, I don't know what to tell you, Burns. I, I think I, I really like him a lot here. Oh yeah. I like him a lot this week too. Um, just being a guy that's an every down back for you, he's going to get a ton of volume in this game. Um, there's a lot of good pieces in this game. We've already talked about a, a good portion of them. I mean, yeah, I want to on build both sides, yeah, it's, the a, it's a good game. The flip side here is Zach Moss in the same game, and I think I think it's fine. I think it's less good than Kyron. If you're yeah, if you're asking, I'm me with you on that. Issues. I'm with you um, on that one. Beyond those guys and some of the obvious high high um value guys, 
we're seeing some weird chalk formulating around some unusual spots here. And again, I think it's too early as we're having this discussion on Thursday and or or Friday, if you guys are watching this, if it's Friday or Saturday, whatever you're watching this. I think it's a little early in the week to sort of get confident in any sort of ownership projections that are, exist right now. But um, as far as the rest of the running back group goes, I do think this is a mildly challenging week at running back. So um, let's go through it and give me some other names of some running backs that pop via the Shark Lab methodology. Uh, we talked about one. He's way down on the list here. Um, James Cook, it, you know, it's just the fact that uh, Miami is, they're okay against the run. Um, so he could be in play, but, you know, he's going to get vultured at the goal line. So with uh, Lats Murray, so it becomes less of a good play. Um, you know, I see some love for uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, he's, popping on the domination station and he's going to pop across the industry because he is just Josh Jacobs. Um, but if we do see Eckler back in this one, that could be a good spot for Eckler against Las Vegas. Um, let's see. You got Mostert. Coming uh, in. Mostert. Yeah. You know what? I'm just, I don't know if I'm going to be on him like I was last week. My gosh, I think I was on him for, 40% or something. Damn. It was crazy. Um, Why but you, I if, think if you would have just called me and said, let's get on Mostert at 40%. And I had the, like, if I go back test right now, if I flip my thing up and mm -hmm. I raise it up from the 17 or 16% Mostert I had to 40, I'm taking tournaments down. That was all. That was the only move needed. Yeah. He, um, actually, you didn't even need to do that. Um, you didn't even need to put a, love on him or a door he just pops up yeah but, he was, um, i was limiting him because i i raised up other guys you know listen i i did it to myself tinker well during the um during our pre-lock show that i did with um josiah and um raz um i told everyone i was like waddles out this is a running back game this patrick sertain's gonna be on tyreek hill this is a most dirt game load him up and that Damn. was pretty much all it all it took. And I just loaded up on him. I didn't I didn't even have two in any of my lineups. I didn't what have a, what a sick call though that was. I had very little Tyreek. Um he did well in a really tough matchup. So Tyreek um, didn't hurt you. You did not need Tyreek. No, you, you needed Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Mostert with Tank Dell. That's all you yep. need. If you had yep. that, then and, and you had your Bills defense in there. Then it was just a matter of three little spots to fill out, and if you if you if you click the right buttons in those other three spots, you're 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 effectively winning the spy, you're winning the play action, you're winning you know whatever you know type of content, the hundos or whatever it is that you're you're trying to play last week. So um, yeah, it was really Mostert was the key to the week, but you know everybody's going to chase that big Mostert game, and he's in another good spot but my issue with Mostert this week is now he's in a full blast timeshare like a chain emerged last week as a viable um backfield mate and so now you're looking at 15 carries maybe one or two receptions for Mostert at the high end of the volume I don't like it for 6,500 either I do like this game though so I want to target the game but like I, I'm going to balance 
the my desire to target this game with the fact that this dude is in a split and he's priced like a starter. Like I wasn't that excited to play Mostert at 6,500 when there wasn't another guy there. And now that there is one and, and the, the one that emerged is not like Salvin Ahmed, you know, career backup in year five, but rather Devon, a, a chain, a super fast guy that they purposefully and willfully went out and drafted with the idea uh, that he fits perfectly with the offense that they want to do here. So um, that's challenging. And let, let's, let's continue on with these running backs. Um, There's some definite no's for me that I'm just off, but, but a couple other names that are popping uh, Alexander Madison to me against the Panthers, you know, tons of volume last week, obviously Cam Akers looming large. Can we go back to Madison one more time? Uh, yeah. I mean, potentially you could, um, he's in a good spot here. Um, and not liking that he's on the road in this game. Uh, I'd rather see him at home and in, in his home environment yeah. one more time, but you know, you can go back to him. He's going to be lower owned, eight nine percent. So um, that could uh, lead to some favorable outcomes there. Um, you know, you got uh, DeAndre Swift in a in a divisional game. He might I be, love D Swift. He might be relied upon a lot in this game. Um, both of I those situations, that. by the way, that you just suggest, Madison and DeAndre Swift, both pair up very nicely with their own team defenses in this particular matchup i think both the vikings and the um eagles defenses are are great and that's part of the reason why i'm not like super high on the passing offense for the vikings or for the eagles but i think the rushing offenses have a, have a good chance to shine yeah and if we get um bryce young back in this game um, which we should and we expect to miles sanders is going to take a hit in this game so yeah, those please. so all that 15 percent ownership on him is going to be for not so yeah he's going to be one that where his ownership is going to fall fall down by the time sunday comes rolling along this is why i'm saying we got to throw these numbers out because i i don't i don't buy sanders at that level I, I, there's a lot of these numbers that are just early week um unclear on injury statuses kind of numbers that'll that will clear themselves up but um yeah miles sanders isn't now good matchup but the team can't sustain drives with with Bryce Young at the helm. Right. Anybody else? How about Ford? You know, you got the Chubb role. Just getting the carries. Team has a great offensive line. Yeah, the only problem with him is, is that he's got Kareem Hunt there. And that's a problem. Like, if Kareem Hunt wasn't there and it was just him and uh, Pierre Strong, yeah. You know, um, Ford would be in a good spot, but and Kareem Hunt, he's been known to vulture through the passing game as well as down at the goal line. So I don't know if I want any Ford this week because of that, but you know, he you could know, do well. You know, we forgot to do at the at the uh, opening of the show. Uh oh. To review the Millie Maker from last week. Oh yeah, that's right. Forgot about that one. I want to still do it. Yeah, I do too. All right. So we're going to do that at the end of this um, instead of the beginning. So stick around till the end. Um, we're talking with Adam Burns, author of Winning the Million Dollar Game, Secrets of the DraftKings, Millie Maker, uh, available on Amazon, paperback, Kindle, whatever you want. 
link in the description below if you want to pick up that book. All right. Um, any other running backs that are popping up now that now that I remembered, I want to review the Millie Maker. I kind of want to run through this, but um, any other running backs that are popping off for you this week? Yeah, yeah a couple. Um, Javante Williams in that Chicago game with Denver. Um, he he should be popping. Um, he's going to pop more towards the end of the week. You know, people are going to get more on that game. You think His that, ownership. that Broncos will just randomly just raise up that volume a little bit and finally, finally like give him some volume here. Are we hoping, is it hopium? Are we smoking the hopium or potentially? Yeah. Is it just hope? Like we don't have any metric that says he would get more than the 14 touches he's been getting. Right. Potentially we could be doing the hopium smoke, but um, for them to start moving the ball more effectively, he's going to have to be a part of the offensive scheme. And then, um, Another one as a run back from in that Cincinnati game, you could run it back with Derrick Henry. He's in actually a pretty favorable spot here at home. Um, Cincinnati's going to be throwing the ball a lot in this one. Um, and I could see, you know, on the opposite side, Derrick Henry, them trying to slow the game down with him. So, you know, he's in a good spot uh, metrically. Um, but otherwise, you know, this, this is all going to, this is all going to change by the time we get to Sunday. One of my favorite things to talk about with you, Burns, uh, are defenses uh, each week. Mm -hmm. And trying to pinpoint a defense, I think, is one of those areas that um, it's, been, it's difficult, right? Yeah. Most weeks to um, get this figured out. And, and really, for me, this week's no no better. Some of the ones that we talked about earlier, there, there are going to be I, – I, I do think I have a favorite – but I, I, I want to get what the Shark Lab sort of metrics say about the defenses first. Then we'll kind of talk about some of our favorites. But what what defenses are standing out to you this week, both from a points per dollar salary level and also raw sort of um, matchup perspective? Yeah, generally, um, one of the best plays I think that might be on the slate this week um, from a fantasy points per dollar and metric wise is going to be the Cleveland Browns. Um, Baltimore is going into Cleveland. Cleveland is very good against the pass. Um, I think they can actually shut down Baltimore in this game. Um, and where they are a little, where they are susceptible is to the run. But they have, if they stop Lamar Jackson in this game, um, Cleveland, Cleveland could potentially be the winning uh, defense on this slate at 2.8K. Um, all they would need is probably 13 points. Um, if they get a pick six, then that, that would be even better. Um, but those that's one. Um, you can go right back to Buffalo in a, in a high over-under game. It's, it's potential there. Um, another defense that looks pretty good on um, metrics-wise may not look very good on a fantasy points per dollar because their, their salary is pretty high as um, – Philadelphia followed by Dallas. Um, so spendy. Yep, pretty spendy. Um, another one that I like is the Rams. They got a good. Um, they have good metrics this week on the road. Yeah, I like that. Um, Even though I love uh, Richardson, he is still a rookie, and yep. so we're not. So a uh, reminder that a defense is not choosing who's going to prevent the opposing team from scoring. It's really about turnovers and scoring off of turnovers and right. sacks and and the type of things that that 
produce points for a defense are a little bit different, I think, than what common perception believes it to be. Yeah, I mean, the two high, you know, the one of the highest scoring defenses on the entire um, NFL season so far was the Buffalo Bills last week, and they actually had points scored against them. So um, the other one was Dallas and against the Giants, and the Giants didn't score a single point, but regardless. Um, in the last defense I, I like this week, um, it's probably going to go a lot lower owned than the rest of the ones that I've provided already is New Orleans at home. New Orleans is very good at home. Um, Tampa Bay, it's a divisional game. I could see them shutting down Baker Mayfield in this game um, and making him become one-dimensional, taking the run completely out of this game, making Tampa Bay be in one-dimensional, and Marshawn Lattimore shutting down Mike Evans in this game. It's very doable. Um, And I could see a couple, you know, I could see a pick six in this one. Um, So New Orleans would be, yeah. At 3.6K, they could probably, they could be a slate breaker. I see that. Um, yeah, I, I, I like all those choices. Uh, a lot of them are payup options, which is going to be sketch. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, we could throw the 49ers in there as well. My, my, my guys this week, I, I think it's going to be the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to attack the backup quarterback for the Raiders, whoever that is. Um, with the home defense, but I, like I said, I think a lot of these are in play. I, I like the Bengals, but again, expensive. Yeah. Um, I like the Steelers, but extremely expensive. So, so, and, and on the road, and I'm not trying to have road defenses when, when I can avoid it. So I, I prefer a, a, a home team defense and, um, you know, Eagles spectacular. They're at home all of that, but um, I, I also prefer paying down. So Chargers, the cheapest viable defense, which is a really important defense every single week. Probably the Bears. As terrible as, as their defense is, you know, at 20, eh, 2,700, it's not even that inexpensive. Maybe the Browns, actually. I'll go with you and the Browns as as sort of the cheapest viable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could even go a little bit lower. You could even go a little bit lower than that and go to Carolina as well. Panthers, yeah, at home. They're going to get a lot of opportunities in this game because Bryce Young is their quarterback, and he's not going to move the ball as well as uh, Andy Dalton did last week. So... So the, the the Vikings will have the football so often that it'll give the defense more chances. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, listen, at this level, none of them are particularly good. So they're all they're all really, really rough plays on defense. Um, anything at the tight end position? Uh, we talked about a couple of names before. I'm not going to get into wide receivers because I think that goes with the game discussion a little bit more. But mm-hmm. uh, um, anything at tight end that's popping out for you uh, in terms of uh, uh, Shark Lab sort of number plays? Yeah, Hawkinson might be the best uh, play on the slate from a matchup spot, um, but he's very expensive. He's the highest salaried tight end in the slate. So what do you think about be... what do you think about George Kittle? Assuming that one or both of um, Debo and Ayuk have a chance of being out here, if that's the case, then this becomes a much different situation for San Francisco. Um, it only gives them two potential high volume um, opportunity guys 
being Kittle and um, McCaffrey. Um, if that becomes the case, yeah, this might become more of a game that you can get behind. And I would actually lean more towards having Kittle and McCaffrey stacked together in a game situation like this. Just get all the tutties in a game where they might score a bunch. Yeah, and you you don't have to have Brock Purdy in this one. I like it. I like the thought process. Uh, yeah, I, I think Kittle. Also, it's a really good matchup. Like the Cardinals are just like historically bad yep. versus the tight end position as well. But uh, I only really play Kittle when when somebody's out. Like mm-hmm. when they're at full strength, I don't like him. But I think they might not be. So that's really look at Mark Andrews' price down as well. That's that's kind of um, fascinating, I guess. Um, and I think. Uh, Mark Andrews is interesting at 5,400. I don't know. It didn't kick me in the nuts that he was that cheap until just now as I was looking at it again. I'm like, yeah, I I get Cleveland is good, but it's Mark Andrews, you know, and and tight ends can beat quality defenses. Um, At the pay down zone here, anybody, anybody popping for you? Yeah. um, At the 4K range, we talked about him commit um, with fields. And then below that, I would say Fryermuth. With Pittsburgh going into Houston is a good Move. spot. Um, those would probably be my two that would be the go-tos. You talked about uh Kalen Granson in the in the Indianapolis game, and that's a good uh, that could be your probably your your floor salary guy, right? Yeah, that's just a, it's really a cheap guy. I mean, the other one would be if if anybody's willing to go back to Durham Smythe at sub um at 3K, but but um Granson is getting like four to seven targets. Uh, you, you know that the Colts do throw to the tight ends quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I like that spot. I don't love it. I just like it a little bit. But actually, Muth and a couple of these other guys, and, and you've kind of convinced me on Cole Komet as well with the whole um, with the whole Pat Sertain thing. So there are definitely other ways to go. And, and now I'm kind of interested in George Kittle as like the best of all of them, potentially, if some of those other guys are are not playing. So... I wanted to, um, before we have to run, Burns, I wanted mm-hmm. to pull up the uh, the results database here and just take a look at um, last week's Millie Maker winner and see what we can glean from that lineup itself. If there's any sort of um, takeaways that we feel that we can um, come up with here. Looks like uh, Sports King built, Sports King 101 was the winner. No, this is the wrong contest. Oh, 224. Can... What what week is it? It would have been um what the heck? 924. Oh no, no, no. Okay. I, I went two weeks ago. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I, I went back too far on this thing. I'm trying to open up uh what is a very uh let's say yeah, here we go. No, the winner was C T O U Jag or something like that. Yeah, let me pull this up. Jagu or something, however you say that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and this dude, oof, man, he did well. So this was the fellow that duped. I thought at one point he had duped the the the, the nuts, but actually it looks like um, he took got the million. Then he took second and third, and unheard of. This is the biggest domination in the history of the millie maker. Yeah, he uh he had a very small core, is what he had. Let's see what I gotta see this. All right. I would I would first, almost presume him to have a very small core. Like he had probably a hundred percent moster. Um 
he probably had near 100% Kenny Walker, uh, probably 100% Keenan Allen, 100% Dell, 100% Laporta, if not, maybe not 100% Laporta, maybe a little bit less. And then 100% Bills and Thielen, and then a couple of spots he let low. Well, let's let's um let's backtrack it a little bit here, right? So he starts off here with a uh, very nice Atlanta stack, Jared Goff to Sam Laporta, and that really worked out very well. Mm-hmm. We were um, on now, that stack last week. In the sense that it worked out well, much more on the Laporta side. The reality was Jared Goff was not anywhere near the best quarterback on the slate, but it didn't matter. Nope. He won the, with he won with him. Not the yeah. highest scoring quarterback. He 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 won. That is not the highest scoring quarterback, but nonetheless, he won with him. So he, you start with a QB wide receiver stack uh, or tight end stack. So here we've got two players from Miami, Mostert and Tyreek Hill. You know, both very chalky, high owned. Um, Tank Dell was uh, you know a de facto top play. Adam Thielen, somebody we were all over. Basically, and, and Buffalo D, like if I look at my core this week, it's like, oh yeah, core play, core play, core mm-hmm. play. This doesn't even have Mike Williams in it. It could have, but he didn't even need it. Core play Thielen, core play Buffalo defense, right? So, so many of the cores, I'm kind of disappointed myself for not taking this thing down. Yeah, but, he um, had um, he had three stacks in the lineup. He had a Seattle ping pong with Thielen, you know, Kenny Walker ping ponging with Thielen. That's is. basically how that game went. They had ping pong and then um, Mostert and Tyreek, they basically got all the touchdowns outside of the rookie running back. And then you had Laporta, who basically got all the touchdowns in the Detroit game stacked with, you know, golf. That's... What, a, what a impressive. Let me let's take a look at at um, at the exposures for this for this player. So it looks like he made 45 lineups. And. Let's see what he did. So he had almost 90% Bills defense. So he's clearly watching the show last week <laughs> um, as he loaded up on Bills defense. Durham Smythe. So building around that Miami game just took the cheap tight end. Did not work on uh, Justin Jefferson. Last week was a very good play. Uh, Tony Pollard was a good play, but did not show up in that winning lineup. I mean, my goodness, the dude loaded up on Josh Kelly as well. Didn't really work, but Thielen. Did Ford tank Dell 40%. So some leverage there. Uh, Mike Williams, n- no real leverage here. Just kind of field weight on, on Allen and, and Mike Williams. Uh, a little bit of significant leverage on Kenny Walker. Mostert. Any? No, still haven't found Mostert here. Michael Pittman was fine. Sam Laporta, just a little bit of leverage there. Tua. Jets defense, yike. So, man, you know what? I don't know how the hell he plays so many lineups. Am I missing something? Where the hell is Mostert? Oh, there he is. Okay, so he did have some leverage on Mostert, not a ton. 36% versus um, field weight of of 16%, so a little bit of leverage there. I think it was the Bills defense that was like the difference maker here. Let me just go position by position. I'm curious. So loaded up on Cousins, but it's funny that Cousins did not end up as one of those nuts QBs. Uh, Dalton had a good game. Goff, Tua, and then just no Herbert at all. 
yeah, his lineups, I mean, they made a lot of sense, you know. Uh, I think the one that placed third, he had Smythe in it, I believe. Oh, even no, got the had, third with Smythe. That's he, got it, he got it with Dalton Schultz. Um, so basically the lineup was exactly the same as his first and second place lineup, but the difference was he had Schultz in that lineup versus Laporta. He's definitely running one unique, I, I would I would assume, here, uh, as those lineups really, really close together. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jefferson Thielen. So having a ton of Thielen, this is quite a lot of Thielen. Um, I like Thielen this week, but I didn't have 43%. Uh, Tank Dell, 40%. Again, going significantly above. Even, even me loving Tank Dell, I was at about 33. So that 40% is a good number. Mike Williams uh, and 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 Keenan Allen, some some leverage there. None of these rest of these players were relevant. Durham Smythe fifty percent, but Laporta eighteen percent. So it was either Smythe or Laporta in almost every lineup. And then on defense, it was all Buffalo. Mm -hmm. This feels like a run on an optimizer. The couple of likes, but one unique, and just like no max limits at all. Yeah, that's probably what he did. If I don't know, we're so acclimated to our optimizer. I don't really look at anybody else's optimizer, so I don't really know how they run. But I know Roto Grinders has one, and it's very, it's very cumbersome to use. Um, and I don't know. They, theirs is weird. I'll just put yeah. it that way. But anyway, um, I, you know, uh, back to. Back to that final lineup, uh, plenty of, well, what we don't see, once again, and we talked about this before the season started, we don't see a double stack. Once again, it's a QB plus one, and, and if we look at the other lineups, yeah, you're right, it doesn't really change very much. Um, a couple couple players, Keenan Allen, Thielen, Keenan Allen, Thielen, I can't even tell how this one is different from the previous one, to be honest. Oh, this is not different. It's the same exact lineup. This is a tie. Okay, that makes more sense. He fucking doubled up. This was not made. This dude handcrafted this. Like, he double-crafted the fucking winning line. This is unbelievable. That is the same lineup, first and second place. And you know what he did, and I've done this before, is that he was probably entering these lineups on his phone and he uh, he accidentally had this lineup in twice in two entries, and he didn't know it. I I've done that before, and you you know when you're you're making up so many lineups, like you know forty five is that's a good amount of lineups to make up on your phone, right? And so to add that many lineups, you know, without any duplications of lineups is probably pretty difficult i know i've done it before where i've duplicated lineups before this is wild um, but he didn't well, run a train though i mean no he wasn't no, it, running a train I, it could have been a misclick or something mm -hmm. uh, along those lines but but maybe not maybe these are handcrafted it, it's tough to know but i mean here's a dalton version of the lineup that um dalton to Thielen. but again you have your qb one wide receiver Laporta there, um, you know, your standard rest of the lineup, 285. So, and and of course we had DFS Army subscribers um, 
DFS Army did really, really well just in general this week. Burns, um, we had, uh, I think the best score I saw was like a 291 uh, in, um, it wasn't, it might have been in the mini max, but uh, Gambler had a lineup with Devon A Chain and Mostert in it, for example. And we had a few of these 290 levels in some of the other contests. So I was like, oof, that could have been a Millie Maker winner. Or like that lineup was good for third place in the Millie Maker, the 291 that um, Gambler got. So, yeah, this... my, my highest scoring one was like, like, I don't know, top 130 in the flea. It was 239. And I looked at the lineup and I was like, oh man, if I just made a couple of, you know, if I didn't, if I would have changed a little bit here and there, it would have taken down a lot. So I'll give you a little, I'll, I'll do a little bonus. What did Geek do this week? Um, 231 was my top score, Burns. And um, I'll tell you why. So this these were this is my my 150 run this week. Oh crap. I broke it. I broke the tool. See, my my 150 runs wouldn't um would show no like only I think one player over 35%. Because I, I I cap all my players at 35%. Here. Um, my exposures. So my highest exposure was Mike Williams at 37%. Justin Jefferson. I played way too much Jameer Gibbs. But, you know, these are the core plays that I, I'm giving out. So, like, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, th these were players I really liked. Alexander Madison, who had a, almost was a slate breaker in, on his own regard. Right. Um, at QB. At QB, you know, I loaded up on Cousins and Herbert. Had some Tua. A little bit of Stroud, but but then not too much else going. They're listing Taysom Hill as a quarterback. He's not. But. Yeah, my uh, my quarterbacks were um, obviously it was Kirk and uh, Herbert, but I had a lot of golf. I did I had 30 percent golf. golf. So what what got me, I think, in the end, I, I definitely liked um I like Bijan and Tony Pollard, and and they were fine. They did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I mean, at least Tony Pollard did, but like it just wasn't tournament winning. And my Raheem Mostert, actually, who I was high on, just the end result just wasn't great in the run. Like my exposures just kept going down on him, and I think that's really that was the difference maker. If I look at my defense, though, I mean, yeah, I loaded up on Buffalo, but I didn't get as crazy as probably should have. Mm -hmm. You know, 25% instead of 80%. So um, <laughs> what's the takeaway here? I'm, I'm really trying to think about if, if the, and I, I had some Laporta, but not enough, right? I, I just loaded up on these three guys. So at, at tight end and, and that didn't work out. So my takeaway from my game is maybe when you have these core plays, these really, really standout spots to load up even so as I'm handcrafting, I, I did have a ton of exposure to my core plays in my handcrafts. And that's where my profit for week th three really came from. It was those lineups that I handcrafted during the Players Club. But my optimizer run, which I usually try to diversify more, didn't produce a win. And it's like, man, why didn't I produce a win when I was nailing the the plays so well? And, yeah. and I think the problem is, as you look at the run, it's like, you know, you didn't maybe emphasize your own cores. I didn't emphasize my own cores, the players I loved, as much as I could have in that run to really produce 
a better result. And I'm not going to come out here and say I was core play on Mostert. I I I, I should have been listening to the pre-lock show. I might have that might have changed everything. Um, but beyond that, all these other spots which were so perfect and nailed, instead of like being cautious about it and you know capping Tank Dell at 25 in in my MME run going forward, maybe you just got to let that go and just get your 35 40 percent on your cores and, and not worry too much about if, if they fail. Yeah. I'm always going to keep the same settings on my domination station settings. Um, pretty much I, the manual that I produced, I'm going to keep doing the same thing because in the back tests it's working. Um, where I need to go is guys that are really high salaried. I don't need to love and adore them. Um, I've noticed that like, Oh, you love and adore a guy that's $7,800. You don't really need to do that. So those are the kind of things I'm gleaning from it. And yeah, and always stick with your moves, your your takes and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I found this in backtesting as well for myself that um, the results were a little bit better. If like And going back and looking at my sheets as we did the backtest this offseason, I was like, you know what? If I were just emphasizing a little bit more of these plays that I was like emphasizing in the research, and allowing that to support but not fully drive the optimizer run and whatnot that the the end result was better so uh, that's for my game i'm going to be looking at how i can make my um my slate read come out a little bit more in the run without taking away the effectiveness of diversification and, and all the benefits that you get from running 150 or 200 lineups anyway burns let's wrap it up there All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Shark Lab Millimaker Takedown Show for Burns, for myself. Good luck this week. We will see you on top of the leaderboards.